We Saved You a Seat is a podcast sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. The Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special needs via emotional support, resource navigation, and ensuring quality health care for all children and their families through strong and effective family partnerships. Hi, welcome back to We Saved You a Seat. Today we have Annie Evans, Program Management Specialist with Expected Health, and Susan Mays, a family advocate. And we are going to be talking about um, the importance of newborn screenings. And I'm going to have Annie kick it off and introduce herself. And then we're going to have Susan introduce herself. So Annie, take it away. Um, I'm Annie. I am a program development specialist with Expecting Health at Genetic Alliance. Um, so that's one of our maternal and child health initiatives at, uh, at Genetic Alliance. Um, and I uh, manage a uh, newborn screening education program for families called um, the Newborn Screening Family Education Program. Um, and through that, we've developed a uh, newborn screening educational training module for families called Navigate Newborn Screening. Oh, perfect. Okay, Susan, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Susan Mays, and I live in Mucklefield, Washington. Um, I'm the mom of two children, one of which lives with a rare life-threatening metabolic disorder. Um, my little girl, her name is Indy. Um, she was uh, just two weeks old when her newborn screening test came back positive for a rare um, metabolic disorder called maple syrup urine disease, um, MSUD or MSUD for short. It's a disease where her body cannot break down um, protein the way most of our bodies can. Um, she must maintain a strict low protein diet, drink a medical formula, and have regular blood work done to ensure she's getting enough protein to grow and develop, but not too much that um, to where it becomes toxic in her body. Um, she was uh, picked up on the newborn screenings panel. Um, here in Washington State, we have a second one, her first one. Um, her levels had not been elevated enough that it um, registered as being positive. Her second one at two weeks, um, did come back with elevated levels and um, because of that timely and accurate um, early detection she has been able to develop typically beautifully normally just as you would um, hope for um, thanks to that this public health program called newborn screening okay annie can you explain what exactly is a newborn screening for those that are not aware yeah Newborn screening is a series of screening tests that are performed at about 24 to 48 hours after birth. So either your baby might still be in the hospital or if you're doing home birth or having your birth at a birth center at that time, like shortly before you would leave there. So these screening tests check babies for a number of rare health conditions that may cause serious symptoms at birth, like MSUD um, that Susan just mentioned. There are about three components to newborn screening. The first being the blood spot test, which takes a small drop of blood from the baby's heel to check for conditions like PKU, ALD, MSUD, or uh, SNA. So just to name a few, you can actually detect up to about 80 different conditions. Um, and this, this uh, blood spot test uh, is also sometimes called um, a few different words, like you might hear it called heel stick test, or sometimes it's called a PKU test. Um, but this can be misleading because it makes it seem like newborn screening only checks for one condition and actually checks for a number of different conditions. Um, there's also a hearing test, um, which is an external test that checks uh, baby's hearing for hearing loss. And then finally, there's also a pulse oximetry test, which is another external test 
or the, to test that checks the amount of oxygen in the baby's blood. Okay, so Susan, in terms of newborn screenings, you're a family um, has gone through this and experienced this personally. What do you think is important for other families to know about newborn screening? Oh, that, that's a really good question. Um, prior to having Indy, she was my oldest, um, I didn't know anything about newborn screening. Uh, I think most of the time, first time parents don't know and don't become aware of it until it becomes personal. I don't think it has to be that way. I wish I'd known what it was, kind of what to expect and why it was important. Um, not to induce fear, but to increase knowledge, um, to have a better understanding of what was gonna happen to you and your baby in the first 24 hours of life. Um, there are so many emotions running high. There's so much going on. Um, and, and it can be a little scary to hear that you're you know, brand new baby's gonna have their heel pricked um, and not really understanding why. Um, I'm very thankful that my doctor understood the importance of it. Um, we've done very little testing um, when I was pregnant, um, just assuming and hoping everything was gonna work out and it had to that point. Um, but these are oftentimes invisible um, diseases and disorders. You would never be able to tell by looking at my daughter that her body and her uh, metabolism worked differently, that she lacked that important enzyme, that that one little thing could cause actually death in her case. Wow. If left untreated, that is the consequence. Um, and oftentimes within the first couple weeks of life. So this is very serious. Um, but like I said, it's really hopeful once you do know she's not had any brain damage. And, um, and I, I think back, um, it was only added to the newborn screening here in Washington state less than 10 years ago, and she's seven. Um, and so had my husband and I had her, when we first got married, um, our story would be really different. Um, so I, I, think, I think the module that Expecting Health has put out is a really helpful and informative tool. Um, it just walks you through, you know, what, what to expect, um, why it's important. Um, I know sometimes, Sometimes it can be really scary to think about having, you know, that blood draw done. Um, but all it all it takes is, you know, that that one diagnosis that makes you understand why it's so incredibly important. Um, so, so I think I think that's why I would say it's it's really important. I think it doesn't have to be a scary thing with the information up front. How did you get connected? Um, did you is it just through your doctor or um, did you? I mean, um, so I got uh, connected with Expecting Health. I first became aware of their work um, actually when I was uh, about, it was probably two weeks after my little girl was born and I was sitting in line in the Starbucks drive-thru and my doctor phoned me and said, your daughter has... Do you remember this, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> how, is, uh, how is she eating? Is she sleeping too much? Asking some pretty strange questions and being a first time mom, um, I thought everything seems normal and we just saw you two days ago and um, and she said, you know, I need you to uh, bring your child in to Seattle Children's. Um, she has tested presumably positive for um, an extremely rare uh, metabolic disorder. You know, oftentimes these can be false positives, but we just really have to be safe. So we need you to bring her in and, um, and I, quickly wrote down maple syrup urine disease and she said do not look it up it's 
it will induce fear. Like, just don't, let's wait until we have some more information. And it has nothing to do with eating too much pancakes, right? No, it doesn't. In spite of the smell, it does not. Um, but that is how they use the diagnosis. So it can smell that way during a metabolic crisis. Wow. Um, so, yes. So, um, of course, I, even though she cautioned me not to, um, I hopped online and one of the first pages that came up was um, Baby's First Test, which is one of the programs connected. Um, and so I remember reading about maple syrup urine disease and just thinking, none of that sounds like my child. I just can't imagine that. Um, so then, fast forward, Indy was um, indeed diagnosed. And, um, and a few days, I mean, a few years later, after kind of dipping my toes into um, advocacy work and newborn screening and understanding really just how lucky we were that Indy was born at the time that she was, um, that this was now routine, um, I felt a sense of kind of responsibility to help pay it forward for the next disease and disorder that could be added so their family stories can be different. And um, I got an email blast, actually, from Washington State Department of Health. And it included the link for um, for the expecting health module um, that now can be sent out um, to any family. It's a it's a free resource that any expecting parent that doctors can be giving out. I've shared it with my doctor to be giving it out to patients. She has a lot of patients that maybe come from a different country or have religious reasons that they don't want to do all sorts of reasons that people might. Um, have fear around it, or it's just not a common practice. It's not something that they grew up with. Um, and so um, it was through that that I actually had the opportunity to become an, an ambassador to the Navigate Newborn Screening Program. Wow. That is, it's just interesting how the world and things align and where you start and where you end and your journey in between and the work that you're doing. And um, so it's kind of kind of cool uh, you know, you take in a circumstance and you've, I mean, you, look how knowledgeable you are. So Thanks. yeah, yeah. Like, how many, how many people can say that they've had such a significant thing start in the Starbucks line? I feel like maybe <laughs> every now and then. But. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the most I've had is too much cream in my coffee. So <laughs> every once in a while when you're winning the person in front of you pays for your coffee. Yeah. I've never had that happen. Um, Annie, can you, uh, explain how your work and Oklahoma Family Network, how those are intertwined? Yeah, so uh, I'll connect a couple, of, a couple of dots here too. Uh, so as I mentioned, I work on one of our newborn screening education in initiatives, which is called um, Navigate Newborn Screening, right? Which is um, kind of the main product that we have out of uh, uh, the Newborn Screening Family Education Program, which is a HRSA funded program. So Navigate Newborn Screening is essentially um, a series, of, like a, it's a training module. So it's a series of videos um, and a couple of additional resources and uh, quiz questions that kind of help families build knowledge about newborn screening. So we give them basic information, but also some skills that they might need to do any kind of advocacy, whether that might just be as simple as, you know, effectively communicating with your healthcare professional, um, which really isn't simple as I'm sure many of as both of you know, as well as many of the people mm -hmm. who listen to this podcast know, um, as well as doing advocacy at the state and national level too. So we give some of the basic information that you need as well as those skills. Um, so through Navigate Newborn Screening, that's how we connected with Susan. She was um, so eager to get going and, and learn um, and we really loved her energy and uh, she's been such a great um, advocate like for sharing information. So 
um, we like a, she's um, been engaged with us as an ambassador, which is one of the family leadership roles that we offer through this program, um, just to give families an opportunity to stay involved and um, you know share information. We know that Susan has a lot of passion about about sharing information about newborn screening, which I think is just so evident. And there are other families out there that we want to give that opportunity to as well. Um, so we have that we have that open um, for families to share some information. Okay, well that's um, I mean that's just really cool. What would you like families that to know? I mean, since we're talking from a family perspective that we haven't mentioned, is there anything that you or Susan can think of that um, is something that's needed to, you know, be said if why someone that's listening? Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff because I don't think a lot of people are really aware of newborn screening. We often find that uh, families before they maybe have, a positive result or a positive newborn screening result come back before they get that phone call that Susan got in the Starbucks line. Like, they don't really know anything about newborn screening. Um, just because you get information about it when you're dealing with a lot, either before pregnancy or maybe you just had your baby, and um, that can be a really difficult time. So uh, there's a lot of things going on, and um, it's really important for families to be aware of newborn screening so they can really get the benefits from it. Not only because um, the results can really be very time sensitive, but also because the information that it provides is so important to help you make decisions for your child's health like, throughout life. Um, and even beyond that, uh, newborn screening is, I think, one of the very first interactions that parents have with, with the healthcare system. So if we have a really positive interaction at that point, then it really helps you build like long-term trust, not only with your healthcare team, but with the healthcare system as a whole. Um, and that's really crucial. So that's one thing I, I'd like people to know is that really even uh, if you don't have a positive result, it's important to know what those results are. So, um, so you can build that knowledge to uh, make informed decisions about your child's health. Those are and beyond that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was saying those, those are good points. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really critical to know about. But um, beyond that, the one thing that right now I think is really important for families to know about is that newborn screening is available for families during COVID nineteen. Uh, I think we're all really concerned about what's going on in the healthcare system right now. So it's just really important to know that even during this time, newborn screening is available. Parents can still access this public service. It's available to all babies born in the US every year. So every parent can get it. Um, and it's just really important that uh, even right now, families know that they can have those results, um, that it's safe to follow up on them. Um, they're safe when they go into their healthcare providers to follow up on those results. Um, and it's really critical that they do so. Do you know of any um, practices that have changed um, as a result of COVID that when a parent's needing a newborn screening, is would it look different at all, even though you said they're still available? There are some changes. I think there have been some shifts in staff about who like actually performs newborn screening at this time, just because there have been some shifts in the way that hospitals do their staffing overall right now. Um, that's been a little bit of a change, but it's still happening. It's still important. Um, the follow-up has changed a little bit. I think it's really critical uh, that families follow closely any instructions that they get from their uh, the, the offices that they might go to for follow-up just to keep themselves safe. That might be a, look a little bit different right now. You know, um, Maybe uh, somebody comes out and takes the baby and you wait, wait in, the, um, uh, like in your car in the parking lot. Whatever those processes are, it's really important that families follow them. They might look a little bit different now than they might have, um, you know, a year ago, but they're still there. Um, the follow-up process, again, might be a little bit different. Some of the specialist offices are, you know, changing their processes a little bit right now to 
Um, I think for the hearing screening, particularly, like some of the audiologist offices are closed right now. So it's just important that, um, that you know, like who you can call and that those, those things can still happen. You just might have to do it a little bit differently than you might have earlier. Yeah. Susan, as a parent um, walking through this, what would you say would be the number one thing that you learned or like a myth about it all that, you know, that you could just give some insight is, could you think, can you think of anything? I know that's kind of like a tricky question, but like just something like a family would be like, Oh, I didn't know that. Well, one thing um, that is, that I think is really encouraging is that they only, the newborn screening only detects and tests for treatable conditions. So this is all good news. I know in the moment, like, and it can choke me up in the moment, like, it is your life-changing news. Like you went from thinking life looked one way to, to realizing it's gonna look different. And there's like a market before and after, so I'm not trying to minimize that. But I am trying to say that with that, you have the hope and you have the knowledge, okay, they're detecting this because they can help manage this, because this is treatable, you know? And some of them, they're, they're working on cures for a lot of these things, and so, you know, in time, that might be part of part of the answer too. But um, I would say that the idea, the knowledge that they're treatable, um, I would say the sense of community. Um, I have more connections to other parents that understand what it's like over that that bond um, of someone living with something like this with my daughter Indy than I do with my other child because the the needs aren't as great, right? Like you're kind of. Um, you're kind of in an island on your own in some ways, but then the few people who understand it, you are so much more connected to. Um, so I would say it's added like a richness and a depth to, to being a parent. And, um, and I think the other thing is, is, you know, oftentimes people might, might feel bad for you about something, but the truth is like all of us are going to have something hard. All of us are. I just got the news at the beginning of Indy's life, and so we've been living with it. But it's allowed us in some ways to handle like COVID so much more gracefully. Like you've, you've already navigated that shock of life not looking, health not being the, the pinnacle of everything you measure things against, to understanding that, that there's, a lot, there's a lot to life. There's a lot more than, um, than maybe, what, uh, maybe what you pinned it on, you know? And, and there's a lot of beauty in the process. And yeah, I've just... I've been actually, for something really hard, we've been really blessed by um, the sense of community. I'm really glad I asked that question because your answer was so beautiful with so much wisdom and it taught me, I didn't know that they were, it was just, you know, tested for treatable conditions. I didn't know that. Um, so, you know, you educated me and just the way you said, it's just, giving you probably a little bit more empathy and understanding and you know like everyone is going to have something hard happen in their life and you know that that's a fact and it's just everyone's heart is going to look different um so i really am glad that i asked that question <laughs> i know i'm like how do i follow up and you can just take the mic and finish this <laughs> I'm gonna add to that too. Just like uh, she's like, why I'm on a why I'm on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> just to, to the point that um, 
you didn't uh, you weren't aware that they're not all treatable conditions because I think that is a really important point and that Susan made too that you know that's what parents want to know is that what's the outlook going to be like for my child after I have this information treatable conditions uh, and it is really scary when you look on Google it's it's sure. really terrifying like the things that you can read about some of these conditions but um, the thing is that they are all manageable um, and there's a way forward through all of them and there are communities out there as Susan illustrated so well that. Um, that are there to support you, not only your healthcare team, but other parents that have gone through the same thing. Uh, and once you get through maybe a couple of articles on, on Dr. Google, you know, um, <laughs> then you can find the people that you'll really connect with and find those communities that can give you support and talk you through like the time that you, the difficult time that you're going through when you initially hear that result. Um, so they're out there um, and we, like we at Expecting Health too, are more than happy to connect parents with, with those folks. Um, you know, I'm sure that Oklahoma Family Network too has lots of people that can, that can speak to this as well. And just to, you know, maybe uh, as we're coming to the end of this episode, Annie, can you just share what resources families should be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are a number of them. I think the first um, and foremost one that we've discussed uh, a lot today is Navigate Newborn Screening, which is, as we mentioned, that free online educational module for families on newborn screening. So that's a great uh, a great resource, and, and there are a number of additional resources you can find within Navigate Newborn Screening where you can go and find answers to extra questions that you might have. Um, the other one would be Baby's First Test, which is uh, the nation's newborn screening resource center. So this is a family-friendly website, like really family-centered. We've taken the time to incorporate family perspectives into all of our pages, um, as well as perspectives from professionals. So it's validated information that families can, can use to, um, to help them understand like what's going on with newborn screening. Uh, there's information there on what each state screens for, because actually not every state screens for the same conditions. That's an important point too. Um, so you can find out what's on your state screening panel, um, as well as uh, information on each condition specifically. Um, and within that, we have links to um, other organizations that you can connect with to find that support that we spent some time talking about. So Babies First Test is another great resource. Um, Expecting Health is the other one. Um, that's, my, that's my organization. Um, so I recommend you check out uh, us as well. Um, and then, of course, some of the disease-specific advocacy organizations that we've talked about. These are the communities of parents who have similar, uh, or parents or families that live with similar conditions that may be able to share perspectives with you. Um, and they always have up-to-date information on um, screenings, like any diagnostic testing uh, and treatments, which we know is very important for parents to learn about. Okay. And then finally, like the state health departments are, yeah. are really useful too, because you can get up to date information on what services are available, um, as well as resources that are maybe more local to your area. There's so much out there and tools to be put in parents' belts. And I mean, I don't know how without meeting someone or knowing that someone that's connected or listening to a podcast, how you would know about all these resources. And, um, there's, you would think that there's not a lot out there, but there's so much out there, <laughs> almost like overwhelming. Like, where do I start? You know, definitely, it's hard to sift through all that information. And that's like not an easy task that I, I, I think it's not as easy as, as we think it is. Right. Um, but there are really good pieces of information out there if you like you just have to go through and find them and i think that's one thing we at expecting health are really committed to is making sure that the information that we provide families is validated and um the information that they really want so uh, if somebody needs help with that after listening to this podcast i hope they'll feel free to connect with us 
because um, we're more than happy to make sure they get the right resources. Yeah, and we're going to put all these resources and all this information in the show notes. So, you know, if anyone needs to, they can have it at the click of their hand and uh, also be able to have contact information to reach out. So before we end this episode, I'm going to open it up for both of you. We'll start with Susan again. Um, is there any final thing you would like to say? Any more beautiful wisdom that you have? <laughs> I'm sure there's something in there. No, I really appreciate you inviting me to be part of this. Um, I guess I just say I, I advocate out of a sense of responsibility and out of gratitude. Um, had someone not advocated for my daughter's condition, it wouldn't have been on the newborn screening panel. And I wouldn't be sitting here able to be sharing with you about my healthy, joyful, seven-year-old beautiful daughter. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for raising awareness and giving us a seat at the table, giving us the opportunity um, to shed light on this really important thing that on, unfortunately, until it becomes personal, you wouldn't probably know about it, but it is so important. It's so life-changing and I appreciate the, the chance to be here with you. Susan, you did it again. <laughs> Annie, you have to follow up. That's a, that's, those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> I'll try. Um, I think the biggest thing that I, I want to leave with for the parents that are listening to this is that you're not alone. Uh, I, we've talked about that a lot already. Your healthcare team, um, health, public health professionals are out there to support you. They want you to get the resources and the help that you need to Keep your family safe and healthy right now and always. Um, but also, you're not alone. There are other families too. So just know that you're not on an island. There's the sea of support available to you. And um, all you got to do is reach out. And we'll, we'll be happy to, to connect. Well, I appreciate you guys both taking the time and um, bringing awareness to this and sharing your uh, life stories and your work that you do. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or be in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network by visiting oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.